0: Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise, here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise M. Walker, and thank you all for joining us again on today's broadcast. So we're going to have a devotional today, and we're going to open up with prayer. And then we're going to talk about what is so... So marvelous about Christ. Why is it so vitally important to our lives? So this is what we're going to talk about today. So let's begin with a word of prayer and then we'll begin today's broadcast. Father God, we thank you, O God, for another day, yet another day that you have given us, O God, to give you glory, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we thank you and we magnify you, Lord. We pray that those that are listening, O God, that they will hear Your word, your word, your word, God, that it will set us free. Whoever, oh God, will be set free today, oh God, we pray for your word to go forth into their hearts, God. Lord, I pray for the stony places being removed, God. I pray for those that are atheists, agnostic, God. I pray for those that just, they don't know you. And I pray that they will come to know you today through this broadcast. In Jesus' name, amen. So, again, thank you all for tuning in today. So we're going to talk about what is so vitally important about Christ. Like, what is it all about? We hear people, you know, in my years of experience just living, um, and over 40 years of living, I've seen so many or heard so many things change. And so, I started like really going back to the scriptures on Christ and really studying about um christ and and what it means to us, what it means to humanity, a humanity that has fallen so far away from him now um, and why is it so vital to us and so I want to us to talk about that or, you know, really kind of walk through these scriptures together today here on Hope in Christ with Denise. So we're going to begin with, um, in the book of Isaiah 42 and 8, I love, um, prophet Isaiah, because prophet Isaiah, for many people that don't know, prophesied Christ, but he if you notice that the book of Isaiah is in the Old Testament, right? And Christ did not come in the flesh until the New Testament, right? So that means that Prophet Isaiah lived so many years before him, long, long before him. So what does that mean? God revealed to Prophet Isaiah and many others. But Prophet Isaiah specifically had many words um, to share. But we're going to start with, when prophet Isaiah talks about, um, when God speaks to prophet Isaiah, and God says in, in Isaiah 40:28, he says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I am the Lord. What is Lord? All caps. I am the self-existing one. The one who exists within myself. Right? That is my name. And then the name is Yahweh. Correct? In Scripture. So I'm the Lord Yahweh, the one who is self existing and exists within myself. And my glory I will give. I will not give my glory to another. I will not give my glory to another. Nor my praised carved images. Why am I reading that? Let me read it again for you before we talk about it. I am the Lord, Yahweh, the self-existing one, the one who exists within myself that is my name, that is my name, and my glory, because I have glory. I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. So I wanted to emphasize on Isaiah 42 and 8 because I wanted us to understand Prophet Isaiah is speaking, God is speaking through Prophet Isaiah, right? But he says, I give my glory to no man. Why am I saying to another? He said, I'll give it to another. But we know that in scripture, there's scripture that reveals Christ in glory, like his glorious state. Right? So this scripture, that says know right off the bat who Christ is, the importance of knowing who he is. Right? He said, I give my glory to no other, nor my praise to carved images. So the other reason why I wanted to start with this scripture is because Christ is much more than what people say. So some people, some religions, some religious cults or some religious practices say that Christ was just a prophet or Christ was just a minister or he was just, you know, a man, okay? And some religions disclaim that Christ even walked the earth and all these different things. So um, I wanted to start with that so that we understand that Christ is much more, first of all, than a then he was, you know, just saying he's a prophet or he was a prophet. He's much more than that. And we're going to dig through that right now. Amen. We're going to dig through those particular scriptures right now. So we're going to start with Colossians chapter 2, um, verses 8 through 10. So remember, we're talking about what is this Christ, what is this needing, vitally needing Christ in our life all about? In Colossians 2, 8-10, it says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all, all principality and power. So let's talk about that real quick. So again, the scripture says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. I mean, this particular scripture is just amazing. It's just amazing. So at the beginning of the scripture, the writer says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. So what is philosophy? So the definition of philosophy is one who investigates or philosopher, um, one who investigates and discusses the cause of things. Given to the prom, prominent and the pursuit of wisdom or learning or thinking or reasoning. So, thinking about why things came about and um, investigating how things came about, right? So, that's what a philosopher is. But the word says beware, or at least anyone cheat you through what? Philosophy. And empty deceit that in other words this is telling me that the philosophy can be like it says here empty deceit being deceitful according to the tradition of men according to the tradition of men what men so we know from just tradition where we know from years and years past we had people like Plato and Socrates right um, they were philosophers and like remember it says People who investigate how, how the cause of things. And so the word is telling us to beware of that. Beware of that. Least they deceive you, basically, according to the tradition of men and uh, according to the basic principle of the principles of the world. So they come up with basic things of how the world came to be and how people came to be and all that. So they philosophize, right, and not according to who? Christ. So this scripture is telling us that Christ, it says, for in him dwells, in him embodies all the fullness of the Godhead, all the fullness. What is the fullness? The fullness, when I looked it up, it says the presence, the power, the completeness, and the abundance of the Godhead. The presence, the power, the completeness and the abundance of the Godhead. So again, this debunks all of the philosophy that Christ was just a man or he was just a minister or he was just a prophet or um, a rabbi. For in him dwells all the fullness. Not some of it, not partially, but all the fullness of the Godhead. Remember the scripture we just read. I give my glory to who? No one. So in essence, we're saying Christ and God, the great mystery, they are one. And we'll get to that scripture. So he, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. And it says bodily, when he manifested in the presence of, of a human being, as a human being bodily. And you are complete in who? Him. Remember what we said. The scripture in Isaiah says God don't give anything and anybody his glory. But you complete in Christ. Think about that. Who is the head of all? He's the head. He's superior. He's ruler of all. It says principality and power. So, Wait, wait, wait. He, he's the head. of oh, wow! What, what did we just read in Isaiah? God gives His glory to. So we're getting that Christ is more than just or was more even when He walked the earth and is more than just a human one that existed. And we can't we can't deny that He existed, right? Because outside of scripture there are people like Josephus and, and things like that um people like that that actually write about Christ that actually write about Christ so we can't deny that he walked the earth but what i'm saying here is that he's greater than just somebody who walked the earth he's greater and so why is that why why am i saying that why is that important because if he's greater in the, somebody who just walked the earth, and he's the fullness, the fullness of the Godhead dwells within him bodily, and we're complete in him. It is vital that we come into a relationship with him because we can't be complete, totally complete without him. So we think we're complete when we get our hair done and we got our house and we got our children, we got our family, our husband, and I'm talking to women. We have all the, the good job, the good career, the business, and we're great entrepreneurs. We say, we, we, say we, we are complete, but we're not if we don't have a relationship with Christ. We're not complete because the word in Colossians 2, 8 through 10 you are complete we focus so much and I've said this on my podcast so many times we focus so much on the outer appearance we focus so much on the physical and not the spirit and the spiritual things that are so vitally important we are made complete in Christ and it says who is the head of our principality and power that means that nothing can overtake us even though we live in a world, even though there are things that happen, we live in a sinful world, in a, world, a fallen world, but even still, we are complete in Christ. If someone passes away, the word says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we're complete, we're made whole again, because remember, we, we live in a fallen world. And we're sinners saved by grace. So we're complete when we come to Christ. So why is it important? Because you will never be complete without him. I hope whoever is listening to me tonight, today, this evening, this afternoon, wherever you are in the world, you will never be complete without Christ, according to Colossians 2, 8-10. And I don't care what anybody else says, the Bible, there are uh, scrolls of the scriptures that are the oldest, that is the oldest text there is. Amen? So that's Colossians 2. We talk about what is philosophy, what is philosophy, those things that deceive us. But Christ is the fullness of the Godhead. And, And I forgot to mention the Godhead. It says, for in him dwells all the fullness, all of it, everything of the Godhead. What's the Godhead? The deity, the divinity. For in him dwells all the divinity, the deity of God. Amen. Another scripture. This is good. God is, God is so amazing. Another scripture is, we back up to Colossians 1, 15 through 18. I love this one. I love this one as well. Colossians 1, 15 through 18 tells us, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through who, him, and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to first place in everything. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God. What is the image? What is the image? Figure, representation, resemblance, inscription, and power. The figure, the representation, the resemblance, inscription, and the power. And he's the fullness of that image. Remember what we just read? The firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created. So hold on, wait, pause. In Genesis 1, let's go back. In Genesis 1, the Bible records Adam being, he's not. He wasn't born, but Adam was the first of creation, right? But there were others that were. There was somebody that was the firstborn. Like Adam's firstborn child would have been the firstborn on the earth, correct? But the word here, that's what we think, right? But the word says that Christ, the firstborn of all creation. Hmm. Well, so we know that's deeper than than just people on the earth. When we think about that. So I wanted to, to, to bring that part out. For by him all things were created. Wait a minute. Again, back in Isaiah, God said he don't give his glory to anybody. So how are all things created? By him. Both heaven, on, in heaven and on earth. Visible things and invisible things. That means, hold on, angels were also created by Christ. Hmm. Whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things have been created through him, and not just created through him, but for him. Colossians 1 declares that Christ is God. Things were created by him, all things have been created through him, and for him hmm, and for him, that means we belong to him, for him, for him, for him to do something with, purpose, hmm, that means that he has some kind of ownership, so we got to think about it, so... I, I'm saying this in more of a sense, and, and just so that those people that don't know me, just a little background um, as we continue to talk about Christ and why it's vital. Um, I'm an English teacher, so by nature I'm going to look at words. We're going to break down words, and that's just, just who I am, and and it helps me to really dig deeper and understand the word. So what I admonish you to do it yourself, to really Take apart Colossians one fifteen through eighteen. Take it apart, definition by definition, and really, and then read it all together, and come to an understanding. We have to stop. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step off the message for a moment. We have to stop doing and listening and taking in only what people teach us. Because when we, and I know I've said this over and over and over, but it's coming back to me again, we have to stop just taking at face value, taking it like it's it's, it's, it's the gospel, truth, and we don't know the motives behind it. We have to read the word. The word tells us that we must study to show the self-approved, rightly dividing, rightly dividing the word of truth rightly dividing the word of truth, breaking it down for yourself. So that's, that's, that's one of the things that in order to know Christ, in order to come to an understanding of who he is for ourselves, we must read the word, break it down into parts. We're not, as people may say, slow or not intelligent because we take scripture and break it down. We need the word. We need the word. So that's Colossians 1, 15 through 18. We have a couple more. So then we go into Hebrews 1 and 3. And Hebrews 1 and 3 tells us how, you know, give give us a visual. Gives us a visual of Christ in all of his glory. Now remember, Back in Isaiah 42 and 8, God doesn't give his glory to anyone. But let's listen to Hebrews 1 and 3. It says, and he is the radiance of his glory. He is the radiance of his glory. Who? God. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of his nature. And and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Of the majesty on high. Right hand in scripture means a place of authority. Amen. So he is the radiance of his glory. Mm. He is the radiance, the glory of God. And when we really think about God, right, the the word, the term, uh, ruler, judge, deity, he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. Hmm, nature, that word. The exact representation of his substance the exact representation of his real being that's the definition of nature his essence what is essence his existence the exact representation of his existence the ultimate ultimate nature the essential part the main part and the foundation his exact representation The substance, the real being, the existence, the ultimate nature, that is Christ being described in Hebrews 1 and 3, and upholds all things by the word of his power. Upholds all things, not by his hands. By the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins. Wait a minute. He's still getting glory. He, he made purification of sins. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He's the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. And then he did what? He sat down at the right hand of the majesty. On high. Hold on. Now, we know in Scripture, uh, Satan was tossed out of heaven for trying to uplift himself to the same level as God himself, the one who created heaven and earth. So we see more and more the importance because Jesus is alone, the only living God. We see more and more here the vital It's vital that we have a relationship. It's not an option. It's not an option. We can't just say, okay, well, I might, you know, it's other ways. You know, that's another thing that people are saying. Always other ways to Christ or to God. We don't have to just go through Jesus, but we know according to this word, he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. He's the only one that made purification of sins. He's the only one that forgives sins. There are other scriptures that say, your sins are forgiven. Wait a minute, it's still getting gory. So we know Christ is more than just an option. Christ is more than just a man that walked the earth, and we get to philosophize about him and determine who he is. The word declares that Christ alone is the living God manifested in the flesh and will be glorified. It says when he parts the sky. There's scripture that tells us about second common in, in the light of Christ. We have to have a relationship with him. There is no option in that. There is no option in that. And then we have a few more scriptures here. We have Revelation 1, 17 through 18, and it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me and saying, do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. Hold on, wait a minute, in the beginning was, in the beginning, God created. Hmm. Jesus, this is Jesus in the book of Revelation, in chapter 1, verse 17 through 18. He says, I am the first and the last. And the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. When I saw him, I fell at his feet. First of all, that's worship. And he places right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. And there's nothing to fear. I am the first and the last. I'm the first. I am he who is at the beginning. And I am the one. At the end of this age, at the end of this time, at the end of this earth, I am the last. I will get the final say. And I am the living one. Now, remember, Lord means self-existing, living, eternal one. Amen. So that's Revelation one, seventeen through eighteen. Again, it's vital that we have a true relationship, personal relationship with Christ. If we don't worship Christ, the only true and living one. The only one. If we don't worship Christ, we're worshiping idols, we, if we're not obeying Christ and walking in relationship and his, and his commands in the word and what he has commanded us to do, each and every one of us, that we may have built an idol. Because he says, how can you call me, Lord, Lord, if you do not do what I say? He says a whole lot in Scripture. Get the Bible that has the red words in it. He, he gives a lot of information, and not just information, commands and demands. And he instructs us on how to live our lives. It's in red. If we really pay attention and know and reverence this living one. Mm, He's said, I'm the living one. We don't understand that we have our being because of Jesus. Jesus is the one that gave us being. He gave us being. That's why we're made in his image. We're a spirit, soul, and body. We're more than just our flesh. We are so much more than our flesh. We spend so much time and money on hair and clothes and, and all this other stuff, and we don't take care, and our spirit man is walking dead. I don't know if you remember that old movie, The Walking Dead, but some of us are walking dead with all this pretty stuff on. And hair laid to the side and everything. But we are walking dead without Christ. Because remember the scripture says we he makes us complete. He makes us complete. Amen. And we have one other scripture. One other scripture from Revelation, chapter 114 through 16, that describes, again, him and his glory. In his glory, what, what uh, Apostle John saw. And it says, his head and his hair were white, like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze. When it has been made to glow in a furnace, his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in its strength. That's a description of Jesus. Our Savior, our Lord The one who has been given authority to rule. To rule. The one that all things were made through. And without him, nothing was made that was made. It describes him in his glory. It describes him in his glory. Manifesting Himself to us. When I think about these scriptures, as we close out, I think about instructions. Like, say, okay, I appear, I I I came up or was born into the earth, and I knew really nothing. As I grew, I wanted to understand who who I was. Why am I here? What's my purpose? Who made me? When I read the scriptures about Christ, I come to that understanding. And my desire shifts from wanting things my way. The Word of God is not an optional book. The Word of God is the instructions to come into the knowledge of God for ourselves, the living one, the living one. So I admonish you today to really, really, really ponder, really think about, really think about, consider, not ponder, consider the scriptures we've read. Listen to it again. You'll hear the playback. You can go, go to the website and um, hear the playback. And write and study these scriptures. And ask yourself: Did we just come into being? Did we just some? We just create ourselves, or somehow we just came here? But we have being. We have a soul. We have a uh, spirit, they have a body. Right? And the scripture records that we're the only ones made in God's image. Made in God's image. His resemblance, His inscription, His figure. Jesus is representation. Now, we're not His inscription, um, but we're made in His image. So there's something different about us that they're coming to oneness in the truth, not oneness in the sense of being a God yourself. That's another way. That's a whole nother lesson a, talk, a discussion. Not oneness in the sense that we're going to become a, another little God. No, we're not. There's one God. The word tells us there is only one God. Remember he said, I give my glory to no one. Jesus is not one of us. He's not one of us. But God gives his glory to not one of us. And not as something that doesn't exist, a graven image. He wants a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you, me, my my husband, my mother, my brothers and sisters, my his brothers and sisters, everyone Christ wants a relationship with, but he gives us a free will. And so I pray that you would hear the word, but not just hear it, but respond to it and receive completeness, wholeness in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, I thank you, O oh God, for your word. I thank you, O oh God, for your truth. I thank you, Lord, for revealing who you are. And we can't deny it because your word says that. Every word, every word, every word is truth. Your word, your word, God, not ours, not me. Not, no one just, just wrote because and, and, and how much for, for, uh, you have fulfilled prophecy and all those different things, God. You alone, the living one. So I pray that those that are listening, oh God, that they will receive, they will open their hearts, remove the stony places, Father, that they be able to penetrate, that you be able to penetrate their hearts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Draw by your spirit. We know. The word tells us that we know. There's something in us that tells us that you're God. That's all I pray that every philosophy, every vain spoken word will be torn down and destroyed. And that your word will fill the void in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Open Class with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, feel free to join the Hope in Christ Book Club on Facebook. It is um, phenomenal. We also have another um, radio show called The Book Review, and it's um, focused in on Christian literature only. And also, stay tuned for the uh, Hope in Christ Journal called Is This English Class of Bible Study, where we will um, dig in the Word through strategies that I've learned as an English teacher to help people to really, as we just talked about, really break down the word so that we can understand and study to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word, not a word, but the word of truth. Amen. Thank you all for tuning in. Be blessed and continue to hope in Christ and finding your true identity in him because it's only found in him, in Jesus' name. Thank you all for listening.